Hey, this is Cleveland Brown, and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast. I guess your TV must be broken. Ha <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Happy Monday! Hope you had a great weekend, baby. Thanks everyone that came out to Capital City Theater in Salem, Oregon. They don't do a lot of stand-up in Salem, but uh, we found a way and uh, sold out three shows. So thanks to everybody that came out. What a cool venue. Hope to come back here a couple times a year. It's a great way to see my dad, make some cash, and... Uh, and you know, see the good people of Salem. You guys were, you guys were the shit. And um, yeah, man, can't wait to get back. Shows were great. Coming off the uh, album recording up in San Francisco at the Punchline, it was nice to work out some new material and and get back to, to making a new hour. You know what I'm saying? By the way, the album, which will be called "Read the Room," uh, will be available for pre-order, I believe, on April, uh, sometime in April. I think the 15th. But uh, right now, we have slotted April 26th for Adam Ray's Read the Room second album to come out. So uh, I can't wait. Get ready for that. It's going to be great. Just got to go through and uh, edit it so that, uh, you know, I got all the right bits in there. Recorded uh, four shows, so um, definitely going to try to pick the best of the best. Um, today's episode is an episode that I, man, I'm so pumped for. Brad and I both were really jacked up for this one. We did a show for E! called Funny Dance Show that's going to be out in June where we competed uh, against another comedy duo to uh, do solo dances and then a group dance. We had three days with of intense choreography and training with a professional choreographer, and um, we were so fortunate enough to get paired with the uh, choreographer that we had because he pushed us, he, uh, he made us better, he was awesome, he was fun, he was uh, strict, he was uh, everything you want in a... Someone to kind of you know take you to the top and, and make you your best, uh, which he's done for the likes of Janet Jackson and Prince and Michael Jackson and NSYNC and Britney Spears. Um, it's Brian Friedman. And if you know anything about dance, you're freaking out right now because this guy's like the Michael Jordan of dance choreography. And uh, man, what a cool episode. His story and stories about working with the best of the best, getting into the business, um, how... Uh, Kids Incorporated and, and the movie Newsies changed his life, how he was inspired by dance as a kid. Brian is one of those fascinating dudes that's just so uh, easy to talk to and fun to be around, and this was just a great episode, and insightful, and somebody we've never had from this world, so a really special ep. Couldn't uh, be more pumped to have you guys listen to this one, so enjoy the hell out of it, and uh, and follow Brian on uh, on Instagram, at Brian Friedman and Twitter. Uh, hit him up. He posts a lot and takes some of his classes. He teaches classes all over the world. Guy's a, a phenomenon. And uh, people, there's a huge wait list, but people get into his classes because uh, they want to be the best. So go do it. Brad and I did it, and we were only sore for a week. <laughs> Not kidding. Nope, kidding. Six weeks. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy, at Funny Brad, at ALN Podcast. Shop AdamRay.com for all your Adam Ray merch. I got new beanies and hoodies up, so go check those out. ShopAdamRay.com, uh, AdamRayComedy.com for all my tour dates. I will be in Las Vegas at the Tropicana, March 18th through the 24th. March Madness, baby. Come out, Las Vegas, March 18th through the 24th. The Laugh Factory at the Tropicana. And then I'll be at uh, Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, March 29th. One show only, March 29th, Thursday, 7 p.m., New York City, Gotham. Uh, Comedy Club tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. This Friday, Brad will be at the Newton Theater in Newton, New Jersey. The 15th, uh, two shows. 
Get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. And then Saturday the 16th, Brad will be at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. That's a big show, the Wilbur Theater, Boston. Brad Williams, March 16th, Saturday. Get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Sunday, March 17th, Brad will be at the West Palm Beach Improv. Go get your tickets there. Uh, Sunday, March 17th, Brad Williams, West Palm Beach Improv. BradWilliamsComedy.com for tickets. Make sure you subscribe to the ALN Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, give us a five-star rating, comment on the iTunes page, tweet at us at ALN Podcast or ALN Podcast on Instagram. Comment on the post, email us at aboutlastnightpod at gmail, why you got the pod, how you got into it, what your favorite episodes are. Uh, we're really trying to uh, engage more with you guys online um, because you're the reason we do this and give you great guests like we have coming up. Craig Ferguson next week. Ron Funch is after that. Tony Hale for the last season of Veep is, is, is confirmed and coming by this week. Seth Green's coming on. Brad and I doing some voices on Robot Chicken, so Seth agreed to come by. Cannot wait for that. Uh, big hitters coming through, so make sure you subscribe and tell your friends, tell your family, the ALN Podcast. Uh, easy to get. Spotify. You know, Pandora, no, not Pandora, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, go back, listen to the Chainsmokers Ep if you haven't heard it. It's fucking killer. And uh, come out and see us live, baby. All right, now that we've got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Brian Friedman. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. No podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Have you done a podcast before? No. For real? I'm so old, I don't even know what a podcast is. Is this what young kids listen to? Yeah, the uh, why do you the say kid, the kids are doing this in YouTube videos and, and parkouring? I can't keep up with these. I just kids. found out about an app called TikTok. <laughs> I just joined TikTok two days ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. Someone told me. me I have a friend Fuck who, yeah. who I like. Say that. I I have a friend who texted me. He's like, Brad, you're trending on TikTok. I was like, I don't know what and any of these. It? I don't know what any of these words mean. That's and crazy. Then I look it up, and all these kids are lip syncing to an old bit that I used to do where mm-hmm. I talk about pulling woman's hair. Okay. I, Did you join TikTok after that? Yes. Okay, good. So now I'm trying to get Follow me on yeah, TikTok? I, had, I don't know. I did that. I was like, everyone follow me. And there's like four people following me. I think I'm failing. <laughs> yeah, but you have like 600,000 followers on Instagram. Well, not quite, but. Close to it, I round up. I can dream. <laughs> but you post a lot. I post all the time. That's my full-time job is I'm an Instagram poster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a social media I don't influencer. make money for it, but that's the funny thing. They call it that now. Yeah. And now. So, so and now, I'm seeing it's actually, it kind of can be a job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is. full-time and you make money for it. I mean, the whole yeah. fire festival happened because <gasps> a bunch of Instagram models were like, come to the Bahamas. Yeah. And everyone's like, okay, I'll go to the Bahamas. Well, it was also Ja Rule speaking up. And <laughs> let's be honest. When Ja Rule goes, we got sandwiches. You go, all right, well, where? Cheese. <laughs> did you know anyone that went to that? Or did no. you, when you even saw it, where are you in your life? Because I feel like you, we were just speaking off mic. You traveled a lot. You mm-hmm. do a lot of big um, shows and classes like all over, which is pretty great, right? Oh, yeah. Like Budapest, Australia. No, it takes me around the world. I mean, 
I think because I do a lot of stuff, I'm that kind of like busy Jew. I um, <laughs> this fall on ABC. Can you please yeah. busy Jew. Yeah, can you, busy Jew. Can you please choreograph that. That's that gonna be my memoir. Yeah, no, that's busy gonna be my. Jew. If I have a kid, <laughs> bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, you are choreographing the first dance at the bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah. And it's going to be to an original, an original song, song called Busy, Busy Jew. Jew. Yeah. Okay, I like that. <laughs> but being that, like, my Busy Jewness takes me around the world. It's teaching. It's, like, real gigs in the industry. Yes. But, yeah, I get to go everywhere, which is a beautiful thing. When did that start? Um, when I was, well, I can't say uh, in the beginning of my sort of dance career, but teenage years i started getting jobs that would take me abroad that's how i first traveled overseas but then when i started teaching that was the real good one yeah that and, showed and me when did i you could start, make money when did you start teaching because i know you had like a dance school at like age 16 yeah um <laughs> which is you for know me, that, it was old you know that's not normal right well, for people to have dance I got rollerblades at, at 16 and <laughs> fell off them and gave them back to the guy who let me borrow them <laughs> well so see you were honest yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I just didn't agree with school very mm -hmm. much. <laughs> I wasn't good in school. So, so, so all I like, knew was like my arts and my dancing yeah. and it just seemed like the right thing to do. And I thank my first dance teacher and my mother for making that possible because my first dance teacher wouldn't give me credit for the work that I was choreographing at her dance studio. Son and at 16, I demanded that credit. <laughs> I was like, I need to let everyone know it's mine. <laughs> Clearly it started early <laughs> and she wouldn't do it. So my mom and I decided, okay, well let's go. My mom was a dancer as well. And she was a okay. teacher at the studio. So oh, wow. we said, let's just go open our own studio. Wow. Uh, I was ambitious and ballsy, and so we just decided to do it. Um, what was it called? It was called The Dance Source. And now, in retrospect, I may not have liked that name because when you say it fast, it sounds like Dance Horse. <laughs> it does. Dance Which was a rival studio down yeah, the street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Horse or Whores. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was not the best name, but Pro it was a great studio. <laughs> Probably gets more people in the door, though. Oh, this is where the Dance Whores are. Well, no, and <laughs> I was very young, and I didn't know... Um, what was right and wrong yes. at the time. So my choreography was very suggestive at a young age. You know, it is, exploring right? Exploring my sexual self. Can sure. you speak to that? Because my nine-year-old twin nieces, who, when they come down here to visit me, which hopefully will be next year when they're, when they're 10, and I don't know if you teach that young, do you? Yeah. For real? Um, I teach 10, 11-ish. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. One of them is into hip-hop. One of them is more ballet. But they, regardless of the, the dance styles they're into, both know how to twerk, yeah. both know how to suggestively move their bodies. That's frightening. And now and they it do it and they scares laugh. me to death. They giggle. Like, I can't handle little kids dancing like that. It no. makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Wait, 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 yeah. Which means you guys are good people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's... that's by that, the way, doesn't it right feel way? good yeah. to know that it makes you feel uncomfortable? That, yeah. That's a definite good thing. No, if like, I loved it, I would be worried. <laughs> yeah. You know, Which, as a, a kid, as a 16-year-old choreographer, I didn't really love that, but I loved to be 16 and right. sexual, so yes. it didn't bother me. The other 14, 15, 16s were, but looking back, yeah, I would have changed things <laughs> Were you bit. teaching adults at that time? I 16, was teaching um, t older teenagers, like 18 to 20, people okay. who uh, still lived in their hometown and didn't want to go pursue their career and still were taking dance classes, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would teach, but... Um, and this was in Arizona? Not professionally. I wasn't teaching in Hollywood or New okay. York at big studios. This was in Arizona. This is my hometown. I yeah. 
I tried to hone my craft before I said I am a choreographer, I am a teacher. I wanted to do it within my own hometown studio. Yeah. Which, by the way, very mature of you to have that thought because there's a lot of people, whether it be dance or we've certainly seen it in comedy, where people go out to New York and L.A. before they're ready yeah. and you only have one chance to make that first impression. So yeah. if you come out and you suck... That's people are just going to assume that you suck for the next ten years. You have ten years exactly. to, to having to prove them wrong. That happens everywhere. People yeah. jump in the gun before they're ready. Um, I went into my dance career. I felt like I was ready. I probably wasn't ready, but I had a lot to learn and I had ambition. Mm -hmm. But being a dancer, you are a moldable piece of clay, and being a choreographer, you are a creator. So you're the one that is creating and molding. Yeah. And if you don't have those hands yet, you have no business being there. I mean, like, I guess when we tell people, like, how, they ask, like, how do I get better at stand-up? You, you go, you have to do stand-up. You have to just start writing jokes and start going on stage. Is the same thing true with choreography where it's like, how do I become a good choreographer? It's like, you just have to start doing it. And yeah, you have to practice. And be yeah. blessed with the skills, right? Like... You have to like I have the calling <clears throat> for sure, but just like being a comedian, you yeah. have to be funny. If yeah. you're not yeah. funny, you're screwed. There's got to be something in you that people see and that you see early on that goes like, "Oh, I could, I should tr at least try to do this." Right? Yeah, I knew you at an early age that that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't feel that I was ready for a long time. Based I on what? To work as a dancer, I just didn't. Feel like I had a voice. You didn't walk. I around. made up dance steps, but I was yeah. not an artist. About See, that's it. so uh, fascinating to me that even in dance, and obviously, like they, there, you still need a voice and point of view, right? With yeah. your like, with what you're doing, and, and not just. It's almost like like with stand up to be up there and be talking and just doing commentary with no emotional attachment. People are like, well, why am I supposed to care about this? I can't even tell if you care about it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. What, at what age and what did you see dance wise when you were like holy shit like was there one like for us people say like Eddie Murphy Delirious or yeah. something Chappelle or, or whatever but like what was there one like Fosse step or was there one uh, <laughs> Janet Jackson inspired me as a choreographer or just they got me in got you dance. into dance yeah. Man. yeah I mean like I said my mom was a dancer so mm -hmm. I was around dance all the time I would see her perform I would see her teach but she would watch musicals with me mm -hmm. and not just great ones <laughs> that everyone knows about, but right. some obscure ones, uh, a movie staying alive, John Travolta, Whoa. the sequel yeah. to Saturday night fever. Everyone the loves sequel. Saturday night fever, yeah. but not many know or love <laughs> staying alive. It's the, it's the grease two of the Saturday night fever, <laughs> which, which <laughs> no joke. Grease two is my favorite. Of the Greases. I love that about you. I, <laughs> So that's another one. That's next on the list. For yeah. me, it was Staying Alive, John Travolta, Finola Hughes, Cynthia Rhodes, the three <clears throat> leads in that. Okay. Um, it was Bob Mackie costumes, this 80s choreography. They're coming up out of smoke. They have on thong leotards. Their hair's whipping, head yeah. whips. It's just 80s at its finest. And I was all about it. And looking back, it's really sexual, the mm -hmm. choreography that they're doing. And I was just this little seven-year-old staring at the screen like, that's what I want to do. Wow. And then watching Grease 2, I wanted to be Michelle Pfeiffer on the top of the ladder singing Cool yeah. Rider. We all did. We all did. And then going back to Grease 1, the end when Sandy turns hot, see, yeah. everything about, everything that I loved was like dirty sex. Even as a little that's kid. so funny because I, like, my mom did would stop the movie before Sandy turned hot or whatever. Oh, that's a shame. Be because she's like, and she told me later, she's because she didn't want to show you me a get movie erect. 
with that. <laughs> and she wanted to show me a movie where like a a a woman changes to please the man. Yeah. So she wanted I get to be it. like yeah. So I I get that part too. But that's so funny that like that's the part that you specifically attach yourself. Yeah, to. I was all about changing. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, I don't look good. I need to go put something else on. Then I learned how to change my fashion and all of the other things too. Fosse, of course. Yeah. Uh, cabaret, yep. Sweet Charity, mm -hmm. um, all that jazz, all of those movies, those are all things that totally shaped me. And that's Singing just, in the Rain was one of the first ones I saw. You and that, that came later for me. Like, yeah. I think my love for those came later, the gotcha. classics. Okay. I just wanted current, I wanted hot, I wanted yeah. flashy, yeah. all that stuff. Because I also loved the music industry, I was obsessed with Michael Jackson, I was obsessed with Janet Jackson, Paula yeah. Abdul, Madonna, Prince. Those are like the artists. And if you look back at them in the 80s, they were all dirty, raunchy. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Janet wasn't really that dirty then. 90s is when she started getting... Came into her own. Yeah. Well, and then how weird is it that you would eventually work with some of those people? No, I made a list. I yeah. Made a What's list the list? When I was, um, I don't know, if I think I was 12 and uh, I had just started dancing, training, like making mm -hmm. it my, my goal. And... I wrote down all of the artists that I wanted to work for, and it was those five that I just said. Michael, um, Janet, Prince, Paula. Madonna and Paula, yes. And then you got to work with All Prince. but Madonna. All but Madonna. Oh yeah. my wow. God. So, I mean, I would have loved to have scratched her name off as well. Hey, there's still time. <laughs> no, I don't think that's gonna She's happen. She's due for her 30 second comeback. Yeah, but she keeps <laughs> the same team around her. Oh, she does, okay. Um, which is great. I, I, I love guess loyalty it's great. as well. But don't you think there's value in mixing it up if you've been around that long? Yeah, I do. I just don't think it's going to be me. That's fine. There's <laughs> well, some not with things. that attitude. <laughs> no, and see, that's the thing I love about my attitude now <laughs> is I don't care yeah. anymore. Yeah. If you've things aren't it. meant to be, they're not meant to be. You can't harp on it. I'm gonna, and I've been saying this a lot lately. I've been saying this to kids when I speak. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to only judge yourself on what you're currently doing and what you have on the table next and to forget about all of the things that you've done in the past that really have shaped who you are. Mm -hmm. And I have to just remind myself of that all the time because we are in such a now, now, That's now, next awesome. moment that we forget. So so when you were choreographing for Brad Williams and Adam Ray, <laughs> yeah. did who you, are they? Did, <laughs> <get it? laughs> did, they weren't on the list. Did you forget? You're like, now, was there any moment when, when you're like doing some moves for us where you're like, I used to choreograph fucking Janet Jackson, no. these motherfuckers. And I've had that. I've had that over time. Okay. Because you'll be in a moment, you've, you've just worked with, let me just say you've worked on a job that is supposed to, in the bigger picture, look like the big deal mm -hmm. because it is the more noteworthy. Yeah. Um, and then you'll go into another project, and I have done it before, where I'm like, "What the fuck am I here?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> but, but, but then you saw that big dwarf then, booty, and you're like, "I can work with that." <laughs> no, then I look back <laughs> on it afterwards, and. I am grateful for every opportunity, even the crazy funny ones, because those are the ones that I actually have more fun on. Whenever yeah. I'm on those projects that aren't um, high stress, yes, I actually have a good time. Well, because it's a looser atmosphere, it makes sense. And there's not the expectation right. and the weight on your shoulders of those big projects where you're like, if this doesn't do well, if yeah. this fails, I'm to blame. So what you're saying is you had a better time working with Adam Ray and Brad Williams than you did Prince. Um, <laughs> well, are our dance moves similar? Do we take criticism the same? I will say that I was able to mold you both better. 
well, he, than with then you, Prince. Yeah, because I, Prince already molded. knew what he he did and what yeah. he wanted. He was very specific about what he would and would not do. So yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, Brad, I got that on video. Darn right. <laughs> Wait, I do want to know though, yeah. going in because I love that you saying that like a gig like that is. Um, but but you you have to be in a place too where you're willing to where you've done so much to be like oh that seems fun and different right yeah but I, still challenging did they have to come to you and still present like this isn't just going to be silly because like I hope you can attest that Brad and I were fucking like we want to try to be as good as we can uh, within our you know what our bodies can do and yeah. you also to your credit were like yeah and then some like you were like like I remember we were leaving some days being like. And that was cool that we got to do that one thing. Like, I didn't think I would ever be able to do that. But yeah. you were like, well, let's fucking try. And then you also just could get a sense of us from, I think, the first couple hours of like, no, you guys can do that. You've just never had somebody like me to maybe give you the confidence to try it or, right? Yeah, I love to push people past their boundaries and see what they're capable of. I'm thankful I got both of you mm -hmm. because the other team, they were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Shade. No, there's some people Shade that just bunches. can't yeah. do as much. Mm. Yes. Let's just say it like that. Yeah. They can't yeah. do as much. So I was lucky that you were both willing and able to play because yeah. not everyone is willing and able to play and to be vulnerable to get themselves to the finish line because I always say you have to look like a hot mess before you get to that success. Yeah. Oh, and point. we were a hot mess. Hot mess. But no, they didn't have to, to plead and, and beg me to do it. I knew that... It was comedy, and yeah. I'm a fan of comedy. Yeah, and, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, we, uh, Adam and myself, are contestants on an upcoming episode of The Funny Dance Show, which is going to be airing on E! In June, I think. In June, and uh, we got matched with you as our choreographer, and we, we were like, all right, cool, this is our choreographer, and then I, I think it was you, Adam, that you told someone who he was, yeah, and then I they, knew who you were. They flipped the fuck out. Well, I knew who you were. So, okay. but I was trying to like keep a low. I was like, "This is," I was like, "This is really dope." Like, and that that got me like even more excited because I was like, "Oh, this is." Because you know, I got from doing musical theater and just being in this town for a while yeah. and having dance friends. Like, you hear like people talk about and and also my sister has talked about you a bunch, you know, because she's obsessed with Britney, and uh -huh. uh, and so she um, that one, yeah, yeah. You were so kind <laughs> to talk to her on the phone. By the way, made her year, and uh, so so I was like, oh, cool. This is even going to be even more legit than I uh, thought. Um, but uh, people were freaking out when we posted a picture, dude. People were losing their minds. Yeah, oh, people are sweet. Yeah, <laughs> and, and has that has that really has, has that been strange for you to get to that level of fame where you're like, I I, I just told Janet what to do. Um, <laughs> huh. It's funny because when I was little, that was like the goal. I'm like, I want to be famous. Yeah. And I think growing up as a kid in the 80s, that was yeah. totally fine to say. It wasn't gross at all. Right. And now because fame is so attainable to just yes. anyone in their bedroom, yes. now it's, it's gross to me. Yeah. Uh, the word fan is something that just makes my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. um, I like to think of people as supporters uh, who, who love what I do. Yeah. I hate the word fan. I mm -hmm. hate fame i feel like everyone's famous so it's not a, a big thing anymore it's not a yeah. to do so i'm very grateful for the level of supporters uh, awareness <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that i have um did it take you a while to get there oh it took me a long time to get there and i remember the day that the landscape changed 
where social media started and uh, things started happening and people could be discovered on YouTube and then Instagram came in. Mm -hmm. I remember the shift in going, fuck. I am so glad I came up when I did and achieved the success that I did the old fashioned way. The old yeah. fashioned way. Um, because I know it's legitimate. I know that I got here with my talent and without any other behooveries. So, so when you see the guy on YouTube who gets famous for like, he, he does like four dances from every time period. I think that video is called like Dancing Through the Ages or something I like that. I haven't seen that. Oh, like, but like if you were to see a video like that, are, <laughs> are, are you like, son of a bitch? Like, no, I clap. I applaud it. Yeah, I okay. mean, we're in a new landscape. I'm not going to hate on the people that are in the landscape. It's mm-hmm. just things changed. Also, it's, things get buffered easy out. Now. Yeah, it is easy. And it is easy to, for people to go, I've got this skill set. And you're like, but is it honed? Is it ready? And you're right. like. No, but I just decided, I figured out I could do it this morning. And, and now time to show the world. be massively <clears throat> famous. Yeah. And they may make all of the money in the world. And that's fantastic that that exists for people now. It just didn't used to exist. So I take a lot of pride in what I was able to achieve in a world that was not handed to you on a silver platter. When you made that list, how did you go about, because <clears throat> that's so interesting to me, you making that list and like that, you use that almost as like a vision board of like, yeah. this is when I get to have worked with these people, that's how I know I've, uh, quote unquote, I guess, achieved my dreams or yeah. gotten to where I wanted to. So how did you even... Did you then make a list of like, all right, here's how I'm going to get there? Or like, well, did somebody tell your mom, go, all right, here are the classes to take. Like, here's the. I always knew that <clears throat> hard work equals success. That yeah. was like the goal in my mind. So for me as a kid training, it was be in class all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Take class. The second the dance studio opened, I would be there. I would be in the baby's classes. I would be in the older classes. I would just take everything I could every day that the studio was open. And then I went to L.A. with. uh some friends at my dance studio and when I was in class taking out here, uh, an agent was sitting there watching and she came up to me after I left class and said she wants to represent me, where's my mother? And my mom wasn't there, so I ended up giving her the number, she called, they signed me, I was in LA a couple weeks or a month later for an audition, I booked the job, we moved to LA, and then I just- Holy shit. Started working and training. What job was that? the job that I booked first was the film Newsies. I mean, um, come on. Yeah. That was in 1991. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We and talked about this. You showed us the uh, the footage. Oh, <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> By the way, that movie was huge. No, it was really big, and it was a blessing and a curse to be on a, a project that was so incredible to work on. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for Disney. I mean, they have yeah. money. I didn't have to worry, is my check coming? Right. It right. wasn't that kind of a job. So I was spoiled as a kid yeah. seeing that things just... You can be on an incredible project with incredible people and it's quality. Um, and then, of course, you have that to live up to and all the jobs don't always live up to that. <laughs> Did you feel comfortable in that setting, though? Like all the work oh, yeah. you've done prior, were you just like, uh, like, I'm always curious, that first job, there's always nerves involved because it's the first job and you're mm-hmm. like, you get ahead of yourself and go, this could lead to this. I this shit could- my pants on the way to the audition. And that's what I was asking. When did you shit your pants? I got so <laughs> sick the day before the audition. Aww, I was throwing yeah. up and then it was just coming out both ends. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it was the nerves of that and yeah. all the expectation of I have to go 
kill this. This is like my opportunity. Um, but whatever it was, I got in there and I did what I had to do. I had like five different calls that I had to go to. I had to sing, I had to dance, I had to yeah. act, I had to do all this stuff. And I had never trained in acting or singing. For real? At all. It was just dancing that I had done. So I was scared and mortified. But I got to the end. I booked the job. I ended up working on it. It was a life changer to be on set with all those actors and like-minded kids. Because I was only dancing in my hometown dance studio with kids but yeah. not being with hungry ambitious actors on the set that were Man. my age so i finally had friends that were in the same boat as me yeah that understood um how incredible how was invaluable is that to be around people that are like sharing the same passion that you beyond you feed off that beyond right? i hated everyone at my school no one understood me i couldn't relate to anyone uh so to meet these kids i felt normal for the first time ever in a completely abnormal environment that's <laughs> got that's got to wow. be insane and We're, i mean again we had no I'll, I'll just speak for me being a little gay boy that mm -hmm. was in the closet i had no role models to look up to no one to talk to about this so then all of these dancers who are like 16 17 22 seeing gay people and being around them for months at a time i was huge. like oh these are normal people so oh, that was that, a life changer man. for me that had to be a trip too just to be like oh there's <clears throat> yeah the movie truth or dare madonna's yeah. uh yeah. that came out while we were shooting and some of the dancers that were in it that were on tour with her were mm -hmm. in the movie so i went to the like screening of it at universal with them just again being 13 or 14 yeah. years old completely not with the right group of people from my age <laughs> but you know going back to yeah like, sure this over sexualized kid of course it was great for yeah me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wait so, how how were you comfortable to talk about so you were in the closet at that time at oh 13? yeah i was not out but i was listening to everything that was going on around me and mm -hmm. just soaking it all in can you talk to these kids about that like when not you at that time i hadn't no. talked no it wasn't until so you like said you were seeing 16. other gay men around you but you didn't feel comfortable to be like yo no. like Okay. I hadn't made that uh, like gotcha. you decision, I guess. Yeah. Acceptance, right? Uh, okay, hadn't happened yet, right? In, but could could those people tell? Did they like walk up to you? Oh my god, like, I was a little faggot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, glad man. you said that. Um, <laughs> no, of course. I mean, everyone knew unless yeah. they were blind and deaf. Yeah. Um, but I just wasn't out yet. Yeah. Um, and I do remember. Uh, <laughs> they were playing a game of truth or dare and why was i there <laughs> why is the why am i sitting there? there why am i present like truth this? or dare was your uh, torah portion from uh, leviticus of, or they yeah. uh one of them asked me so you know who are you attracted to most in the cast they're like if he's here he has to play all these bitchy older queens <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the rules bitch shaking um and i answered it so no that, i guess that was the first time i ever admitted anything attraction really? to a man but yeah so you have it. so you didn't be like uh that girl over there like no 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 no, no. i wanted to be accepted yeah. <laughs> so awesome. it was peer pressure they peer pressured me into uh the I truth mean, though that I mean that that's a situation where peer pressure may have actually been a good thing because no, it, it forced it you to be like to yes admit this it. is who you are it's okay it's fine that we're all like we're all happy and gay yeah <laughs> and Literally. uh yeah and uh i love i love that that happened with you so you so it you make that so you do every class newsies happens and you said game change and that was it then I, I had an agent i started booking jobs uh and then my first job that i had 
the opportunity to work for one of those people on the list, it was for Paula Abdul. It was this <laughs> Straight uh, up, now tell me. Disney special for, it was called For Our Children. It was an AIDS, pediatric AIDS benefit mm. to raise money for kids. It was with a ton of artists and there was a cast of maybe like 16 or 18 dancers of yeah. kids. Yeah. Uh, it was a live show with a music video that opened the live show with Paula Abdul. So I got that. I was actually chosen as Paula's partner. So I got no to like partner way. dance with her. How, how old are you now? I was 14 at this time. 14! And so I had only been working for maybe six months or nine oh months. Oh my That's God, incredible. dude. Um, it was amazing. And then uh, Celine Dion, Salt and Peppa, Melissa Etheridge. Okay, uh, this this sounds like what Firefest should have been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patti LaBelle, all oh of these artists. So I got to dance. I mean, there were probably 20 acts, mm -hmm. huge at that time uh, that we got to dance for in this live concert. So I lucked out on that one. And again, just learning experience, being young and not having trained for years and years and years, I was learning on the set. I was learning yeah. not just from my hometown dance studio teachers, but from choreographers in the industry that were you know, world renowned. And I know everyone's path is different, but like that experience to me, I feel like you know, like I remember when I was first starting stand up, and, and a buddy was like, "Yo, at the comedy store, I hadn't been passed yet, and he'd uh, be a regular there." And he was like, "Do you think you could follow me right now and crush?" And I definitely, for twenty minutes, I definitely wouldn't have. But I go, "Yeah," because yep. I was like, "You know what? The opportunity's here. Let me go try to fail or figure it out." You know, because I trust myself to be able to figure it out. So there's got to be that balance, right? Of like, well, and then you have the gauge. Then at least you mm -hmm. know where you stand and what you need to do to fix it. Yes. So yeah, definitely. So you're uh, you're amongst all these greats, and you're obviously you got the job, so you're supposed to be there. So there's yep. probably no doubt of like, oh, I hope I don't fuck up because you're clearly my confidence at that age through the roof. Like, <laughs> you couldn't tell me. Anything. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and was it was at it, the same time? Like you're 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 living. But up I was to good. It. Yeah. yeah, I was good. I wasn't. And people liked it. Like you're like you are now too. Like people like it wasn't a so much confidence that Paula was like, yo, can you take it down? Oh a no, 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 no. I just believed in myself. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was not hiding in a corner. At, 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 at that age, are you looking to the like? Are you dancing with Paula or are you? choreographing i was just dancing this okay. is, i'm straight dancer okay. only well you're not straight but. no not at all i was just, just a gay dancer <laughs> but living like, my teen life do, do you do you have do you have the confidence at, the, at that point to look at the choreographer and be like ah, can we do this move instead oh, hell no 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 okay. no i'm there to be seen and not heard okay um i knew my place i think you know back when i was training um mm -hmm. class etiquette and just professionalism was very high because there was no such thing as fame you know, yeah. now you'll have a dancer that will show up and they'll ask for special treatment because of their amount of followers. Um, that didn't happen in my generation. Yeah. How so. do you, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of jump around a little bit, but how did, how do you deal with that when, so, when someone comes into your class? Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down immediately. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my goal, my job mm -hmm. is to put etiquette and professionalism back into the dance community where it has fallen short. Mm. And is that is that why you're able on a show like so? So you think you could dance? Is that is that why you're able to sometimes judge so harshly and be that mean person? Because you're like, no, I'm trying to protect and stand up for my industry. Yeah, I would never consider myself a mean person. I would just mm -hmm. consider myself um, completely honest and open. I I believe that the best way someone can grow is if you tell them the truth. Yeah. So there's a way to tell the truth, you know, without being mean. Sure. I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but I also like to try and use my dose of sarcasm and humor yes. to pad it yes. a bit so that it's not such a tough blow. Yeah, do you think that's why? Because you've been on quite a few shows like in the Simon Cowell yeah. universe. Do you think that's why uh, you keep working with him? Because he's kind of like that guy too where... Well, yeah, they I working early in those shows mm -hmm. years ago, like early in reality TV, um, you would get the push from producers to really, you know, give it to them. Mm -hmm. um, and in my younger years, being new in that world, judging on television, yeah. we're talking like 15 years ago. Right. Um, I probably went harder than I would now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just not being comfortable in that position and saying, well, this is what they want from me, so let me give them what they want. I'm playing a role. Right. Whereas now I would not be able to go against what I believe right. if mm -hmm. it's my name. You know, if I'm playing a character, then it's fine. But if sure. I'm being myself, uh, yeah, I probably would have gone a little lighter. <laughs> but yeah. there are a couple shows out there Dang. where I was definitely the asshole judge. They want to hype the drama up, right? Yeah. What what shows did you... Um... Uh, I started judging on So You Think You Can Dance nice. here in the States. And then I did a show for MTV here, MTV's top pop group. Yeah. Um, then shows in the UK, Grease is the Word, X Factor. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely an asshole on <laughs> Grease is the word. <laughs> well, you had you had the sanctity of Grease too. Yeah. To you know protect. What? Did you ever say exactly. to someone, you'll never be Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> well, no, because it, they only cared about Grease 1. Uh, Assholes. So she didn't even exist in this world, sadly. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, how do you, like, when does, <laughs> when does uh, Kids Incorporated come in? Uh, Kids Incorporated came in actually... Uh, directly when I finished Newsies. I auditioned while I was still doing Newsies. Mm -hmm. uh, a huge audition process. And for me, that was like the biggest of all bigs because I grew up watching Kids Incorporated yeah, at my yeah. neighbor's house every Saturday morning on ABC. Mm -hmm. It was like the thing that I would do. I was obsessed with Stacey Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie, um, who was on it as a little kid. Yeah. Um, and then I had the opportunity to go and audition for the show. And uh, again, I didn't sing very well. <laughs> and I had to sing, I had to act, I had to dance. It was a and, sketch show, more or less, yeah? Yeah. Um, Musical variety. It's a, it's a scripted show. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. about kids that live in this small town in right. America. And they all perform after school at this little place called the place um so very then, creative uh they would have every episode had a production number that was this big dance number yeah. it normally happened in like a dream state about whatever uh the narrative of the show was right so we would do these live concert performances i played the drums nice oh, i faked yeah. the drums <laughs> and then i would dance in the other numbers so i was hired as a dancer i was not a good enough singer on that show <laughs> but the dancers were part of the cast they were in every episode five dancers five leads um, was fergie in your cast she this was the first season she didn't do Son oh, of a bitch. and this is the first year the show moved to the disney channel okay. we, we followed up mickey mouse club um holy so, shit and that was mickey mouse yeah. club when it was uh, Brittany and Justin, Justin and Christina and right. JC, that whole crew, Ryan Gosling. So they were on first. We would follow them up. Then it's you um, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Me, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Brittany yeah. Murphy. Uh, Dude, that is a power block of television. It was great. Did I you mean, cross worlds? Um, like, would you guys... Like, were you on the same lot? When we would go to events. We yeah. didn't shoot mm -hmm. on the same lot, but we would go to, like, Disney events and, like, charity things, and we would all be there at the same time. But that was, like, my... Uh, injection into the Hollywood 
teen scene. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, what was that like? It was great. Yeah. I made all of my friends, like my teen friends. We were all close. It was so, so, so my version all, of high school. Yeah. yeah. So you guys oh, all. Yeah, yeah. So you guys all got along you weren't like jets and sharks like uh, oh, no. those are the mickey mouse club <laughs> we people. all got we along can't. it was like the brat pack of that era of teenagers That's in incredible. hollywood is, is that is that where you make those connections to where when jc and justin have this massive boy band that, that no we no? actually there were no connections made in that era that all came later in life um probably what like i feels like it was a lot later, but it's only like six or seven years later now looking back at yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but no, none of that world came from those teen years okay. at all. Were those teen years just filled with like... It was just fun. Yeah, man. I mean, like you guys are on top of the world with those shows. So like not only the events, but like the shit that they're... Like the swag stuff they're I mean, giving you. I mean, that was my start to receiving fan mail and signing autographs yeah Mm -hmm. it was just a a different world for me and that was being a little kid that was what i wanted yeah yeah i wanted the fan mail i wanted it yeah an eight by ten with my name on it that i could sign for a fan (laughs) who should i make it out to and i did that so yeah that was incredible um and i was on the show for three years and everything was fantastic within those three years that's when i worked for michael jackson um uh, prince well now we have to ask those stories like how do you work with michael jackson um, I got the audition. I mean, yeah. th- that's the thing. Dance was the vehicle to get me where I wanted to be. Right. So as long as I was in that dance world and auditioning for the jobs, the jobs are going to come up. If you're dancing in the 90s, yeah. you're going to have an audition for Michael Jackson. You just no are. No kidding. If you're dancing in the 2000s, you're going right. to audition for Destiny's Child. Like, <laughs> if you're in the industry, you're yeah. going to get the audition. So then it's about showing up to the audition and booking the job. And real quick, the jobs that are circulating for dancers, like if you're in that working community, are well, commercials, music videos, tours. Yep, all of that. Films. Films. Uh, industrials. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and, all of that. And, and you go to you all do? those auditions. Yeah. Hey, this is Brooks Whelan, and I've got a podcast called Entry Level, where I interview great comedians about all the terrible jobs that they had before they got to become full-time comics. So go check out Entry Level if you want to hear hilarious stories from people like Nikki Glaser. She called you a fuck. I'm like, you can't say that to our boss. Bobby Moynihan. He's like, and if you find any nude stuff. (laughs) Grace Helbig. I had a crush on a guy that got fired at Chili's, and then he moved on to Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Nicole Byer. So I quit Lane Bryant, got fired from Chat and Chew. Taryn Killam. Yeah, that that was a mistake. Reggie Watts. Like, that was definitely the worst set I've ever done. <laughs> Kyle Mooney. You know, we regret to inform you, but you are being let go. Wheeler Walker Jr. You know, the cow's more scared of you than you are of him. I'm going to go, I don't think so, man. Paul Shear. Pass out AOL <laughs> America Online CDs. Plus a ton of other really great comics telling great stories. So go check out Entry Level right now. I think you'll enjoy it. What'd you do with Michael Jackson? Uh, it was MTV's 10th anniversary. <laughs> so this wow. is old. Um, this was in 1992. Yeah, um, but big deal. They'd crushed those first 10 years. Huge. Yeah. And they did. Um, it was called MTV 10. That was the special. And Michael Jackson was the big artist that was headlining and performing on oh it. Oh, my God. Uh, Madonna intros him. She has like a little video package intro. By the way, he's on top of the world at 92. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He had just released the Dangerous album. Oh, man. That the Black or White video got premiered on the After show. After The Simpsons or something. Oh, on that one. It, on MTV I that night. I fucking watched that. Yeah. yeah. I remember that moment. Holy shit. Keep going. So yeah. it was for that. And we did... Um, 
Black or White Live, and then we went into Will You Be There, which was the song from Free Willy. Yeah, I mean, and come on, come on, dude. <laughs> we are we are, we are a bunch of kids. We come down on this elevator lift, and there's an angel that comes down, and we walk around him, and the angel's big, massive wings wrap him up. It was just a crazy experience because that was the yeah. ultimate. There was no for me as a kid. There was no other person in the world that was as big as he was. I mean, there wasn't. So wasn't. there will never be that feeling again yeah. for me. What, Being 15 years old, nothing will 15. ever make me starstruck again. Nothing. I mean, I've been starstruck when I meet people, but I don't have that. That you remember that feeling vividly, yeah. That yeah. shelf, right, with right, something right. that's not attainable. Anymore. What was the day leading up to that like for you? Like, did well, we you... had rehearsed a lot, uh, and he didn't come to any of those rehearsals till we got to the actual venue we were shooting at, which was at uh, the Barker Hangar in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. Santa Monica Airport, yeah, and where they hold the planes. That was where we shot. They built this stage, and uh, he shows up for the day performance for all the tech rehearsals, yeah, and. I just uh, saw this entourage walking in from the side, and uh, I think I turned to stone. Yeah, did he walk, did he float? That's what I felt like. <laughs> I just remember seeing the group of people come in and just being stuck. Yeah, stuck. you could tell it was him, right? <laughs> I knew it was him, yeah. and all of us, all the kids around me, we were all freaking out. Um, and they walk him up to the stage, and they put him on the elevator lift behind us, and we're all like staring at him with massive <laughs> eyes. And I was right in front of him on the lift, so I'm the closest person to him, and I'm just staring over my shoulder, looking up at him. Not a word to say. Um, yeah, because you need you need to <clears throat> soak that up. Like you're you're being professional, and you're like, all right, we're rehearsing now. But like, I'm sure everyone recognizes. And hey, no one, you can't see Mike for the first time and not just. Right. Take yep. it in. Yep. Right. So we took it in. Uh, then he started talking to all of us and making us a little bit more comfortable I was with it. Say, yeah. Uh, and then come the evening when we walk down to the stage, we're rehearsing it with an audience in there now, and they're all holding up these signs. Like the audience is going crazy because he's mm-hmm. standing on stage doing his uh, camera blocking, yeah. and there's these signs that say "We love you, Mike." All this stuff, and he puts his arm over my shoulder and points out, and he's like, "Why do they love me?" <laughs> Oh my god So that moment And did you look and be like Because you're Michael fucking Jackson I don't remember if I could ever say anything That's the thing Holy shit I don't remember I remember him talking And I just was stuck The whole experience Stuck Yeah Shaking and stuck Um, But it happened And I'm grateful for it That was the first time I ended up working with him later in life In my 20s I was an assistant choreographer And a choreographer on the VMAs um, And he did a little what would you call it? Like a little snippet vignette okay. cameo with NSYNC. Yes, uh, I remember 2001, that. 2001, yeah, Dirty that. Pop. Yes. Yep. And I had to stand in for him the whole time. He didn't actually show up till the show. Yeah. Um, Seems to be the, the trend with him. Right? Yeah. Um, but, but I, I mean, mean, it was so simple. But th- we didn't have much interaction then either, which sucks because I'm like, oh, I get to work with Michael again. But yeah. no, <laughs> not much interaction. So at least I was there. At least I got to rub elbows with him yeah. and, and be when, around him. And when That's he unreal. shows up, has he gotten the choreography before then or does he just get he there He was improving for the Dirty Pop moment. Really? He had staging. He yeah. had to be here when he started. He had to hit this accent. He had to come forward at this point. He had to sit down at this point. So that was all mapped out for him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he you let him improv right he can't so is that oh, yeah. how is that regarded in the dance world like improvising 
like you know i mean some people that is their main skill set some dancers that is what they do best and they have trouble learning choreography whereas other dancers need the canvas to be painted for them and once you tell them to do their own thing they don't have anything to give so it's different for everyone yeah because i consider him, myself a great improv an improviser with yeah. dance um oh, i came yeah. into our sessions being like, I've got the robot, I've got the um, the puppet, the puppet master, I call him, where you yeah. hit your head and then you pull yourself up. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, and after Famous. that, yeah. <laughs> Infamous. <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny because he mentions that move, but uh, you, have, you have literally choreographed moves that have been in music videos that end up being sort of more famous than the song. Like the dances, like... Uh, the NSYNC bye 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 thing. That's like that wasn't me, but that is yeah. the truth. Those signature moves. That's yeah. uh, Darren Henson choreographed that, and yeah. that sort of became a trend in the late '90s, mm -hmm. early 2000s. And all of the record label management A and R, they would ask you, okay, well, we need a signature step. <laughs> we really? need this thing that everyone's going to repeat and do. I mean, you look at Greece, and it's the hand yeah. jive. Yeah, is that what it's called? The hand jive. I keep wanting sure. to say hand jive. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think it started it. as the hand job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, this is exactly. too, yeah. you, like, PC it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, you do that. You do, like, the Janet Jackson The framing. if moment, yeah. which that's harder. And I'm more of that school. Mm -hmm. I would like something that is iconic and visual that you remember yeah. rather than that everyone can do. Because I don't want everyone to be able to do it. That's Fuck just no. remedial to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want it to be like, hey, no, only really good people can do exactly. this. Exactly. So yeah. I've been able to do moments like that with artists that people love those things and what's funny is now people are doing that with youtube videos yeah. they're seeing like just masterclass videos things that i put up on youtube and then uh they're posting themselves doing the choreography which is really cool mm -hmm. it's sort of that interpretation of or the interpretation of these iconic steps with real artists yeah right but in our current uh, landscape. Those masterclass videos are insane, by the way. They're fun. <clears throat> I want to take one with Brad at some point. I don't know how we make that happen. Okay. Well, Just I to have challenge a heels, myself. I have a heels class coming up. Uh, I think you guys would be great. Done and done. If you we, want to put a stiletto on. We both have great calves. We can pull it off. That's Ooh. good. <laughs> so, put some short shorts on. And how, how? When did you start doing those? Because I feel like that is uh, kind of a real big asset for your business because, I, A, they look incredible. And, like, if I was a dancer and... I am, but when you see, when I see those things, I'm like, oh fuck, dude! If I was really in this world, like I would, like those videos make me want to be there in those classes, you know? Yeah, those classes are fun. I can only speak for mine. Like, okay, I um, a lot of people do it now for the video. Like, mm -hmm. the goal is this video at the end of class. Right. Whereas I love to teach a class the way I've always taught a class, and then the cherry on top is we pull a camera out at the end and people get thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Um, my choreography is really hard. People don't necessarily know it well. You know, people comment on the video. They're not very good. Why aren't they together? I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> if you knew how hard this was, yeah. and these people don't know the material beforehand. They're learning it in an hour and a half, and then some of them are having to get in front of a camera. Which so it's very insane. difficult. Yeah. Um, but for me, it started when I first started teaching. I uh, have always 
pulled out special people at the end of class that I love that do really well. I pull them out on the floor and I say, okay, go. That's the end of class. Um, and I used to have like my video camera that was on the shoulder, this massive thing. Mm-hmm. And I would have a friend stand in the back of the room, film it in the mirror. So I've had these videos since the early 2000s wow. that wow. I've been doing. And when YouTube started up, I was like, oh, well, let me post some of these things on YouTube and share them because we would always watch them with our friends. Yeah. Um, and I started posting them and they got views. And I was like, whoa people actually want to see this i didn't think they'd want to see this yeah and the only thing that's changed is production quality has gotten better yeah. you know i got a gimbal i got a good camera <laughs> yeah. um i shoot it from the front of them rather than over their shoulder in the right. back i yeah. do smaller groups now so you can actually see who's there dancing but it's always existed for me so when you're making up moves do you does it have to be something that that is pushing and challenging you and that's not coming easy for you to then have it become a part of of what you're going to teach like <clears throat> when you were speaking to the the what was the move the Jan Jackson move that you yeah that if yeah so like when you're coming up with that like how like are you like what is is it like person um it's a case by case thing like well what would this person look cool doing or like what factors in to then the music the okay. music is the thing i always want to think what would the physical form of this music be what would it look like if it had form and then i try and create that with my sort of style and vocabulary mm-hmm. and i always like things this it's different i guess if you're working for an artist or if you're working in a class because it's a totally different environment you know if your artist isn't a great dancer you're not going to make it the hardest thing in the world right right um but for me speaking in terms of like dance classes i want them to be challenged to the point where they feel like they're dying um (laughs) well mission accomplished when you were choreographing for us (laughs) yeah just because i feel like if you are not in that zone you're not growing yeah and i want growth to happen in my classes so when you bring this to janet like what is well, I didn't do that one. That is right, but I mean, any, well, Tina so, Landon. Okay. And shout she, out uh, shout out to Tina. Um, Janet's a dope ass dancer. So anything yeah. you're bringing to her, you're like, Janet she's... can handle it. And I think uh, in that era when they did If, yeah. mm-hmm. it was uh, a different vibe in music. Like grunge had just come in. Yep. Um, and I think that they were trying to change up what the look was in choreography. So they were doing like this thrashy kind of jazz. But that moment is almost reminiscent of Rhythm Nation. So it was still keeping yeah. in her brand, but then kind of twisting it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, does, she, does she need to get comfortable with you before she can take your what you're bringing? Like, does that, is that a part of the equation? Um, yes and no. People are just professional and they're like, all right. They're professional yeah. and they jump into it. Uh, it depends on what artist, you know, some artists are better than others. How about Brittany? <laughs> yeah. Brittany was fantastic. Like when I started working with Brittany, I was uh, dancing for Brittany first. I was on tour with her as a dancer. On, uh, what, on which tour? It was the... Uh, I was on the Oops, I Did It Again tour. Wow. Yeah. Huge. Um, Arguably the biggest yeah. one. It was, uh, it was when she was on her biggest come up. Yes. Yeah. And then after that was when she released Slave, when she became an adult. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was the budget tour that was her first like i'm an adult tour yeah um but by then i was choreographing for her so i danced for her on that tour and then i started choreographing for her on the next holy shit how do you make that she was a dancer okay britney was a dancer and there's a difference when you're working with an artist who has trained as a dancer right then you're like ooh, i'm gonna do everything (laughs) with you (laughs) that's what i'm gonna say everything possible on you yeah and that's the best kind of artist to work for as a choreographer someone who really can take the work you give them was Uh, there anything you ever threw her that she just could like she was just like i don't know about that brah 
No, she always was willing. She was all. She's like Brian. <laughs> she was always willing to try anything. Yeah, and it would normally be me that would have to change it if it was just too hard in the overall scope of things. Yeah, but she was down for anything. And how do you make the transition from dancer to now you're choreographer? Yeah, um, my friend. Uh, who I was assisting at the time. I assisted a lot of different choreographers. Um, and this one asked me if I could take over a project for him because he was double booked at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was for, it was a show on MTV called Icon. And they were oh, yeah. honoring Janet Jackson. Yeah, I remember they did that. They did that for yeah. like Metallica. They did, they did a did couple Madonna, of them, like maybe five. Janet, yeah. Um, and they were doing a tribute to Janet mm. with Pink, Maya, and Usher. Oof. And it was to choreograph that. They were gonna yeah. do some original choreography, which I would have to bring in and teach the dancers and stage. And I was actually dancing in it as well. And then some new choreography that would have to be put together to weave it all and staging it. And I was like, sure. <laughs> well, you say yes <laughs> to I'll take everything. the opportunity. Yeah. Cause I was assisting on the project, but then it was like, look, I can't be there. So can you do more? Mm-hmm. And I did it. Uh, I loved like the process of working with those artists yeah. and screaming at them and telling them what to do. And I remember Pink, she, I had danced for Pink previously. I had danced for Maya previously. Um, I hadn't danced for Usher yet, but they knew me when we came into the room and yeah. Pink was like, look, <laughs> I want you to be hard on me. She was like, don't be nice to me. I need you to tell me the truth. I was like, ooh, (laughs) this can be really fun. She seems like the person that'll do that because like when she does her uh, her aerials. That's why she's that good because she allows herself to grow and be trained the right way with a coach that pushes her. Right. So it went really well. I love the process. Uh, My agent at the time came to the show when we were rehearsing and she came up to the stage after and she said to me, uh, look, we need to represent you as a choreographer. You need to be doing this. And I said, okay, oh, yeah, cool. And then, <laughs> and then she signed me and the same choreographer who was yeah. working on that, who handed it to me, handed me another job right after that. And it was to work with Christina Milian, yeah. uh, who was 15 at the time. Dang. And they were going to do like this incubation process with her in Orlando, uh, Weg was the name of the label and it was with Jive uh, Records yeah. and they had NSYNC yeah. and uh, Britney, all these different artists and they go and they work at this compound in Orlando where they live and there's music studios and recording studios and, and I went have, there for yeah. a month wow. to create and do artist development with Christina Milian and it was her promo tour and it was doing the creative direction for her show which I had never done that before. I had done it. I just didn't know I was aware that I was doing it. And okay. that's, you know, when I would have my dance studio in Arizona, I was doing it then. Yeah. I just wasn't calling it that. I was coming up with the concepts yeah. and the staging and the lighting and all that stuff. So I got to apply it to the real industry. And it was that moment. It was like tasting it for the first time. And I knew that it was exactly what I wanted to do as a career. And Brittany and Justin were in Orlando at the time. I called them to come and watch rehearsal because I had already worked with both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had danced for NSYNC and I had danced for Britney. Yeah. And they came down, they were a couple at the time, they watched the rehearsal and they were both like, this is incredible, you need to choreograph for both of us. Holy shit. And then that, and then that happened. Wow. Luckily, the choreographer who put me on Christina Milian that I took yeah. the project over for is who was directing and choreographing for both NSYNC and Britney. So oh, man. it was a logical transition. It was a logical, yeah. and they said, here, use him for that. So 
it was a perfect transition and obviously i owe a lot of my career to that person yeah. wade robson so that seems great. like that's insane dude. the dance world seems like such a like once you get to a certain level it seems like such a small world in terms of there's not that many people that can actually do those things well, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because okay. yes, in that era, yeah, there's there's a very small pool of people who are qualified and that yeah. pool is all busy and working all the time. But now in this new era, you've got a mm -hmm. lot of people who are getting opportunities based on their numbers and they're not really qualified to step up to the plate and do what it is that they're doing. Yeah. As far as dude dancers go, I feel like Brad and I, from the outside looking in, feel like JT brings it pretty hard and it's pretty dope. He's incredible. Right? And he's okay, also good. another hard worker, like that same pink mentality. Someone yeah. who puts the hours in, who wants to be there and rehearse. And it's the era that he grew up in. It's the era that pink grew up in. Um, there was just a different mentality. And, and they structure. also, he looked up to the best too, right? Like yep. MJ and all those guys. So like, I guess you just know that if you want to be that, it's going to yeah. take, dang, would you I ever work. throw him something like, I mean, you would never have him come out of a, a suitcase like Brad did, but <laughs> no, <laughs> but he came out of a boom box. On his oh first yeah. VMA, oh so yeah. That's very fun. true. Uh, how do you manage the pop star ego? Do you, or do you just treat them? I quit. <laughs> really? Yeah. Have you ever had to? Yeah. Wow. Are you, um, are, are you, are you allowed to say for who? No, I won't say three okay. strikes. So you're out or um, like just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, three, four, 10, you just get to that point where for me, it's not about the like the money mm -hmm. if the money is great but your soul is like falling to pieces you and can't buy a new soul yeah you can't do that phil and collins said the that. clout <laughs> of the biggest job it's it's not worth it yeah. to be miserable and i had to check myself a lot of the times when i'm on projects and think okay i could be sitting in a cubicle right now life could yeah. be worse yeah but when it starts to involve yeah. stress and you feel like you're getting an ulcer and yeah, it's going to make you feel that bad, then it's time to walk. Wow. And yeah, ego is bad. You know, when artists don't want to show up for rehearsal when they come in and they're high or they bring friends to rehearsal with them and they're joking around the whole time and just, I believe the work environment, yeah, you can have fun while you're there, but it's a place to work. Yeah. Uh, and you got to have integrity. So I don't like working for people that don't have integrity. It's just not worth it for me anymore. I mean, wow. on a much smaller scale, I noticed that balance with you, uh, you know, teaching us where it was like we yep. were having fun, but it was like there were definitely times when <clears throat> we were joking and, you know, I even like looking at camera for some of those things. And you were like, yo, let's fucking <laughs> get back to it. And and we and then and it was like, oh, we oh, yeah. Like, hey, guys, get the camera like get the cameras out of here. But like, we need to fucking get on this. Yeah. Like we have a finite amount of time and uh, yeah, you ride that balance well. And I believe some people are built to be together and others aren't. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that uh, environment, it's like a bad relationship and you need to break up fast. I bet. When, do you have a certain, and we have just a few more minutes, cool? Yeah. Two, two three more minutes. Um, do you have, you know, some people when they're, trying to make uh, something super creative. They need like, you know, candles or like certain music or lighting or the time of day. Like like for us, for writing, like there's no real timetable. I know like Brad likes to get up early and write. I yep. do a lot of writing at night because I like that everything's shut down and I have no distractions. Like how do you, is there a right time to come up with like, you know, um, choreography or, or even just, um, uh, you know, your goals for the year or whatever it is. Like, do you have, what's your creative process going for? Like, let's, let's say you get a certain job and you're like, all right, cool. I start like on 
three weeks from now, like, do you set like, these are the days I'm going to sit down from eight to noon. I'm going to. Yeah, I do. Um, if I have a project coming up, I figure out who my assistants are on that project, uh, pull them in for our sort of prep discussion meeting. Mm -hmm. If we have to do choreography, we set out what the days and times are that we do that. For me in the room when I'm prepping, lighting is the most important thing. I can't work in rooms that have bad lighting. (laughs) I need it to be warm and dim. Warm and dim, Um, And I love to have candles. I used to be an incense junkie. Yeah. My Nog Champa used to be always burning in any room that I worked in. But then my husband hates it, so I haven't had incense in the last 10 years. Um, but I love candles. I yeah. love a good vibe. My assistants have to be people who I vibe well with because yeah. you're in the room with them for so many hours when you're working. Um, but my creative process is always different. It depends on what the job is. Some projects, you're really not doing things that feel good to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I teach classes, that's always just like my artistic voice yeah. coming through. I hate the preparation process. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. I Blank procrastinate. Canvas. Yeah. If it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So wow. I have to put the date in and then I just force myself to go and do it. And the second I finish it, I normally hate it. <laughs> and then I come back to it and I'm like, God, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's just all artists. Yeah. Being super critical over your own work. Sure. And not loving it, never thinking it's good enough. Yeah. Uh, did you feel completed with us when we left the Funny Dan <laughs> Show? Did you feel? Because you had to go right to Budapest. Yeah, I definitely felt completed. I felt like we did what we needed to do. In two days. I would always like another day. Of That's course. kind of how I feel sure. at the end of everything. If I could have just had two more hours to right. fine tune and tweak and stuff. And to get that cannon for Brad to be shot out of, you know? Sure. Totally. I mean, we, there were so dreamed. many concessions I had to make. <laughs> <laughs> were, were there, how many things did you look at both of us and go like, what's the, like. I know, mean, I don't remember, but I yeah. know there were a lot of things that we tried. We really worked. There was, yeah, there, there was that one move where I was like, I was going to be on Adam's front like a crab oh, yeah. and then Justine was going to be on his back and he's like, no, no, no you're going to spin and this centrifugal force is going to keep them all in the same spot. Yeah. It didn't happen, did and, it? Adam's knees just looked at you and went, fuck you. Ah. Yeah. That was a bad one. And then like crawling up onto, there was some other lift thing that I really wanted to happen in uh, the number with all the workout gear. There was just, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. I mean, when you're choreographing, you see things in your mind. Yeah, sure. And then they just aren't physically possible. Yeah. But also, how many little people have you gotten to work with? Oh, I've got a huge list. <laughs> For real? No. Oh. Okay, good. I was gonna. I, I was about to say if you work if you worked with Dinklage, then we're gonna have words afterward. No, I mean okay, it's, it's a first for me, but I was goddamn very right impressed. it is. You're damn right you are. Your work ethic. I was I was worried about you, Adam. Were you really? Yeah, just because I have seen him dance on YouTube before, okay. and I hadn't seen. I hadn't all posted of your moves. my videos. Yeah. No. You. <laughs> no yeah. What did you did you just go like? All right, this fucking like dude is just gonna you know come in here and try to. Well, the producers told me too. They're like, well, you know. Uh, Adam, he's just like this big guy. <laughs> they made you sound like you were this ogre. That Jesus, he's a big guy. No way. <laughs> they didn't tell you about my musical theater experience at all. No, they, they didn't. didn't tell you about his calves, which is a good thing. I'm glad I didn't have expectations. My yeah. expectations for you were like really low, <laughs> so you were able to just yeah. lift me up. <laughs> yeah. There it is, yeah, and yeah, and then you came That's in. That's amazing. It, it, like you did, you did your homework, man, because you you came in. You're like, okay, we're using 
I saw the video of you drunking or, or dancing drunk in your yeah. apartment. This, this is what we're doing. Oh, I you used you do- one of my favorite moves, yeah. Brad or anyone has ever shown ever. The Which um, one? it's when he's doing that. I think and doing yeah. the the yeah, that was the, a great uh, move. What is that called? Yeah, those style little move. legs are, were moving. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was really happy with the way it turned out, and I'm also really competitive. Yeah. Um, I am not the fun one to play games Mm -hmm. with. Like if we do a game night or something, this is new. I never really was a game night type person, but (laughs) I've been playing games with my family lately when they come to visit. And I think they hate me. Um, because you're so competitive. I'm so competitive. Are you, that it's are not you the fun. guy that like? Are you the guy that like flips the Monopoly board? I would never flip, but yeah. you'll definitely feel <laughs> a piece like lodged in your neck. My energy shooting towards you. Um, I just love to win. So the fact that there was something on the line. Yeah, it's competition. It was competition, and I was not about to let those other comedians beat us. Well, yeah, and it was uh, not an option. Yeah, and you'll have to tune in to see. Yeah. To, 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 to well, see I can't wait because I wasn't there for yeah. the actual I know. show. We, that definitely created some like we definitely were a little nervous about that like we yeah like, you guys had to go into the wolves just with my assistant there and she yeah. crushed she, was, but we she, definitely she said fantastic. bye to you like 19 times like you sure you don't want to skip Budapest yeah, I mean, <laughs> we need you there do they have dwarves in Budapest <laughs> which uh, is uh, the name of a romantic comedy uh, <laughs> with the do they have it's, yeah. that's the full name yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to ask because the same way like it, like when when comics are out and like we're just like at a bar or something and then there's and then there's an open mic night like we're no. s- like we're like we're sick we have we have to go do it nope. so so when when you're at the club you're like no absolutely not not absolutely dancing. not i am the, the last person to get on the dance floor okay that being said i was at apartments for the other night <laughs> and i did get up and dance and i think it had to do with the fact that these young kids that were there i don't think anyone knew who i was yeah and it was just older people and then younger people and it, i felt safe yeah <laughs> i didn't feel like it was a judgy environment and they were playing fun songs so i got up i was dancing with my mom and my dad That's and awesome. i had fun but no in a club the last thing i want to do is dance so if you're at a, but if you're at a wedding and they start playing uh, we we are family how much have i drank <laughs> <laughs> Because well, if I'm in a wedding, I'm yeah. I'm usually shit faced. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might be dancing. I okay. might be uncomfortable though because my suit doesn't feel good. But I will be sweaty. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, but I won't be showing off. Yeah. You 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 and your husband, you say you're engaged. You, you're, you've been engaged for five years. Yeah. Uh, when you eventually get married and you have to do that first dance. Are you doing that? Like, are you going to be in in the gym? Like, no, this is how we do this. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I. And that's another reason why we haven't gotten married yet is just all that stress and expectation that's put on a wedding. Oh yeah, my God. and it's I, a lot. I've done it. I always thought I wanted to do that big thing, and no. the more we talk about it, I'm like, we should just enjoy our day. I'm eloping, baby, and then yeah. have a party. Yes, and not have to do all of like that's what Brad did. Stuff. Yeah, I had a party. I yeah. had no ceremony. He had Chinese dragons at the party. Damn right. Yep. And uh, it, it was great. It, it, it was great because then everyone arrives to party. They're not tired from having to listen to a preacher do a two-hour-long sermon weddings about whatever. Fun. Oh. Everyone's bored and angry and yeah. uncomfortable. The amount Just of good the speeches thing. I've heard at weddings 
I could count on my hand. Well, yeah. I do love the drunk bridesmaid or best man speech that just oh, never God. lands. And yeah. like, oh, someone pull him away. <laughs> but let him keep going. I, you know, I never thought that he would end up with Shelly. No. Especially <laughs> after Cabo, right? Exactly. Right? And then the girl just yeah. gets up there and just goes, hey, can you... Okay, so first of all, people should know, when we first met... <laughs> It was, was it 19? No, wait, did you, you were wearing, okay, so I should start from the top. And you're just like, oh my no, God. Every wedding I've been to, the bridesmaids, yeah. whoever it is, the maid of honor who's giving the speech is never the closest friend. It's no. like the movie's bridesmaid. Yeah. yeah. And the, ne the one sitting next is like shooting her that look. <laughs> I should be giving this speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. It is. Wonderful. So yeah, we're not doing that. Okay. Well, uh, we're so glad that you were able to join us. Yeah, thanks for making time, man. Thanks. You're so busy, but we, uh, you know, and I'm I'm uh, elated to know that you've never done a podcast until now. Nope, yeah. this will be my last You're one, too. <laughs> 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 Good night, everybody. subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though Cherry's named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke. Or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. Mm, unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar.